Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I was disappointed about today. Um, really disappointed in the second half. The credit goes to them. I thought uh, Coach Sirianni did a nice job getting his team ready, and uh, they played four quarters, and we did not. No, I'm concerned. I mean, like we're out of sync, you know, in a lot of a lot of ways. Um, run defense, pass defense, pass rush. Um, you know, we're just we're just you know, a little bit a step behind, I would say. So, uh, you know, we got to make a lot of corrections. And disappointing. We didn't play well enough on defense. You know, you go on the road, give up 27 points, you're not going to win many games. When you see your players give all that they have and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So, um, but we'll be better for it, you know. And there again, credit Minnesota, but, um, you know, we we made the one mistake that cost us. Some of the coaches who were on the wrong side of the outcomes yesterday. And let me just say this. I love Dan Campbell. I love the show of emotion. I love the willingness to be vulnerable with the cameras on. There are too many of us guys that feel like we're too big and we're too strong and we're too tough to ever show emotion. If you feel it, you let it out and you make it known and it hurts. And, uh, man, you know, we, we talked about how the locker room is going to respond to John Gruden. How's the lo- and, and Urban Meyer, for that matter. How is the locker room in Detroit going to respond to Dan Campbell after seeing him out there shed tears on their behalf? That was amazing to me. <clears throat> You know, you, you sit there and you listen to his – I remember listening to his introductory press conference, again, as a former player, about we're going to bite kneecaps and do this. And, and, and I, I would just think to myself, if I was on Detroit, I'd be going, oh, God, is training camp going to be hard? You know, he's going to work as hard and stuff. But let me tell you, that guy works hard, works with intensity, but he, but he loves the same way, loves his players the same way. And that's – that, that's not lost in a locker room. You know, listen, it's not going well right now for this team, but they have been close. And you know what? They're playing hard. They're in these games, and they're playing hard. And they always say, you know, a team can reflect the personality of their coach. Well, we know he, we know he is a tough, tough guy, was a tough player, and this team is playing tough right now. So I don't think there's any doubt that they appreciate what's going on in that locker room, though, you know, they'd like some more wins, though, quite honestly. 
Yeah, or any as the case may be. Jared Goff, by the hey, way, now yeah. 0-12 when his head coach is anyone other than Sean McVay. Superlative times, though. We'll flip it around to something positive. Mike, give me, give me one that stood out to you from yesterday. Well, I'm going to go with the old man can still do it, right? What Ben Roethlisberger, you know, and their win over Denver. You know, what's, what's the talk been about Ben Roethlisberger? Well, he, you know, he can't throw the ball down the field anymore. It's got to be short or mid-range passes, so nobody's going to respect that play down the field. And what does he do? He launches a long pass down the field to Deontay Johnson for a touchdown. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, boy, the long ball's back all the time for the Pittsburgh Steelers now, and, and he's got that arm. But for him, it had to feel pretty good for everybody saying that to launch one you know again wasn't the longest pass in the world but it's been against what we've been saying that he can't really throw much of the long ball anymore but he did and he put it right on the money on that play one of his two touchdowns so uh, I, I don't think Pittsburgh is going anywhere this year. I still don't think they have enough firepower. Uh, and I think we're coming to the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career. I'm excited about Najee Harris and where he's going and where this defense goes. But for this, you know, superlative, it's got to be Big Ben basically saying, all right, gang, I can still throw the long ball every now and then. And the key is having the time to do it. He said after the game they challenged the offensive line to perform better. Chase Claypool told me after the game that the offensive line was doing enough. When you're getting four yards per carry out of the run game, it makes it easier to throw. The key for Ben is when you're tempted to try to extend the play with your legs, don't. Throw it away or get yeah. down. Yeah. It's not 2011 anymore, as Sim says all the time. You're not going to be able to run away from guys. You get a clean pocket like that. You get a chance to unleash it. Do it. But if you feel like you got to go right or left, warning, throw the ball away or get down because you can't do it like you used to do it. And if you play within those parameters, you can still be good. You can still be good enough. You can still be competitive. We'll see what they do Sunday night with Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks coming to town. It's still weird to say that instead of Russell Wilson, but this is the way it's going to be for a few weeks. All right, my first one is, and I want to – go back to Dan Campbell and the Lions. This is the Unlucky Numbers Award. 1917. Any type of lottery, any type of scratch off, any anything where you can have a game of chance and you can pick four cards. Don't use it as your code for your garage door if you live in Detroit. 1917 goes away. <laughs> Tarico pointed this out last night. I hadn't thought of it. 1917, the final score went Tom Dempsey, then with the Saints, kicked the 63-yard field goal to beat the Lions back in 1970. 1917, the score two weeks ago when Justin Tucker kicked the 66-yarder that Doinkton went through to beat the Lions. And yesterday again, 19-17, when Greg Joseph, after coming up short on a 49-yarder oh. that would have iced the game... After the Lions score 11 in a row, they go for two. They take the lead. They're up 17-16. They're going to get their win. The Vikings drive it down. Joseph makes a 50-plus yard lighter. yarder. Mike, it's the first time in league history that a team has lost with no time on the clock on a 50-plus yard field goal attempt twice in the same season, and there's only five games in for the Lions. It's unbelievable. That's two games they could have won all because of those late field goals they didn't. Was there any doubt that that kick was going to go into? I mean, was was None. there any doubt at all? I mean, it, it just, as it was all developing, you just, you know, because every now and then you just, you just kind of root for a team, you know, and it's been Detroit, you know. Now, they've been their own worst enemy in, in some of these games without question. 
But at some point, it kind of, just like Dan Campbell, it tugs at your heartstring a little bit. You're going, all right, give these guys one. Give these guys that one that all the work during the week paid off for a win. And you can go in the next week at least feeling good about that game. And as the drive was going on, you just kept thinking, oh, no. It's going to happen again. And then, and then, like those fans think, they just, I'm sure feel, they're just destined for that to happen to them all the time. I think, I think Lions fans and Jets fans think they're the most destined fans to have a bad team. It's, uh, it, it's amazing. It, it's a shame. But unfortunately for Detroit, it became reality again. Uh, fortunately for Tampa Bay, for my next superlative, is that, you know, the, the king just keeps getting raised higher. Tom Brady, I, it, this guy may play at least 50. I mean, I, I thought when, when we were talking about this a couple of years ago when I was doing radio and how long could he go, this was – I basically – what I said back then, this basically would have been his last year. So I'm going to be wrong, and I think a lot of people are going to be wrong on just how far this guy can go. I mean, they win, what, 45-17 to 17 over Miami. He throws five more touchdowns. He throws for over 400 yards. He doesn't throw any interceptions at all. I mean, it, it blows my mind for what this guy has done. 15 touchdowns on the year, just two interceptions. His rating is just under 110. It doesn't end. And I mean, I, I, and I don't know when it will end. I, I really don't. So I, I think I'm running out of superlatives, quite honestly, in talking about him for what he's accomplished, what he's done, and what he's going what he's going down in history as, but then every now and then, I think we have to just step back and say, oh my God, how old he is doing all of this. That to me, we, we throw up all the stats, but I think with every stat we throw up, we should remind everybody how old he is because he's not playing like he's in his mid forties. He's not playing like that. And I really truly believe, Mike, there's times we forget that. We forget that he is destroying not only records everywhere, but he's destroying it at an age when you're not supposed to be doing it anymore. I, I, I really think we, we lose sight of that every now and then and say, wow, he's still playing great. And then you, got, you have to say his age and go, oh, my God, how is, he, how is he doing it? And he'll say TB12, of course, but it still it blows your mind because it hasn't been done before. Five years older than Ben Roethlisberger, who we see disintegrating physically before our eyes. It is amazing that Brady keeps doing it. And it's going to ruin some of these other quarterbacks into thinking that they can do it, too. They're going to find out yeah. the hard way that, that, no, for most people, for everyone not named Tom Brady, you're going to go off a cliff at some point. Father time is undefeated. And with Brady, how about this? Nine games with five touchdown passes. He ties Peyton Manning for the second most five touchdown games in NFL history. Drew Brees has the record with the 11. And he has 36, Brady does, four touchdown pass games. That's now second all time. He's one behind Drew Brees with 37. And he's still doing it at age 44. And I remember when he won Super Bowl 51, there was a lot of speculation, how much longer can he do it? Because as his wife told him at the time, it was the year he'd been suspended. They have the 28-3 to deficit. What else can you ever do to top this? Well, he's found a way. He's won two Super Bowls <laughs> since then, and he's trying to will his team to another. And he spread the ball, Mike, around to nine guys. Between him and Blaine Gabbard, I don't know whether or not – uh, Brady completed passes to the nine different receivers, but nine different guys caught passes yesterday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they, they continue 
to roll and roll. And, uh, you know, they had no hangover whatsoever after that emotional game at New England. Next one for me is the Don't Let Them Hang Around award. And that one goes to the Carolina Panthers because there was a point yesterday, Mike, when they were up 15-3, to and it just felt like a flat-out suffocation, that it it should yep. have been 30-3. to That's how badly the Panthers were dominating the Eagles. And the lesson is this. When it feels like it should be 30 to 3, don't act like it is 30 to 3. It's still only 15 to 3, and that opponent can wake up and steal it from you. It didn't help that Sam Darnold threw three interceptions, and a couple of them were kind of ugly looking, but you don't let a team hang around. You have to deliver the knockout blow. You have to go for the jugular. Throw any cliche you want in there. You've got to be able to do it when you clearly are the better team and you are dominating the play because it can change in the course of a game. I was surprised by by this outcome yesterday. I thought the Panthers were in a higher class than the Eagles, and the Eagles proved everyone wrong, Mike. Oh, I thought this was going toward a, you know, 30-point game. I thought this was going toward a blowout. And you're right. Don't let a team hang around and think they still have a chance. And this has been a couple of weeks now. Now, I could see it. Carolina, you know, that defense had been playing great early, and everybody kept saying, well, it's because, you know, of the, the competition. And against the Cowboys, listen, the Cowboys have the best offense in the league, and they ran all over Carolina. I expected you have a lead in this game, the Carolina defense, to shut them down. And they didn't. They, they, they let him back in. And I'll continue to say, everybody talked about Sam Darnold. Oh, when he goes to Carolina, it'll be different because he's not with the Jets anymore. I'm sorry. I, I see a lot of the same Sam Darnold that I saw in college turning the ball over. And, and it's not all on him, quite honestly, because this offense is a plain offense, is a vanilla offense when there's no Christian McCaffrey. When Christian McCaffrey's in there, all of a sudden the versatility of this offense becomes incredible. It helps out everybody else because of what he does. And they don't have him, and they just can't go off of the passing game. They still need that running game, and it's just not there. So I agree with you. They, they were playing that one like they had a bigger lead, and I think the defense felt, well, we're stuffing this team, and we don't think they can make a comeback. And you let a team in it too long, and they take advantage of it, and that's exactly what the Eagles did. My last superlative is going to the other side of the ball and saying, you know, every now and then you got to make that play. Every now and then you have to make the play. And in a game that was a one-score game with the Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers, fourth down on the goal line, and Trey Lance, who is a big quarterback and was the leading rusher for the 49ers, is making his way toward the end zone. And Isaiah Simmons, a kid who I loved coming out of Clemson with his versatility and what he does – made a stop a lot of times you see that hit at the goal line and then the runner is able to fall over the goal line Isaiah Simmons just comes up and just deals a blow and I know he felt it too believe me and there were a couple other players there as well but he is able to make that play just come up and just stonewall a guy moving forward and you're just meeting shoulder to shoulder one guy is almost standing still the other guy has a head of steam running and Simmons I I know he, he was laying down after that one and he felt it because Lance is a big dude but that is selling out for the program right there that is stuffing a guy and then your teammates finish him off that was that's one you normally see go the way of the offense because they have the momentum going into the end zone or over the goal line I just saw it I saw that play and I was just like 
man. You don't see that a whole lot. Maybe in the middle when someone's trying to jump and you hit them over the top, but not in the outside when the, when the runner has built up that kind of speed. That was a hell of a play. And what also is impressive about that play, Mike, and maybe we can roll it again, the way that players have pivoted from lowering the helmet and using the helmet as the thing that makes the first contact, moving the shoulder just a bit. We had three guys who came together in that instant, and you didn't see anyone with that crown of the helmet going in first and foremost into an opponent. That's a rule that the NFL passed a few years ago. Guys had a hard time adjusting. But that, that play shows me that players have made the necessary adjustment. Not that it happens 100% of the time that way, but if you're ever going to see, you know, like the old Monday Night Football graphic when the helmets would bash together and explode, it was going right. to be in that yeah. moment, and it didn't happen. Yeah, it was it – was, and listen, players have to adjust. And I think it had been – I've said this before, you know, four or five years ago, the hardest – change had been for the DBs and the linebackers, the, you know, the, the back guys who are now hitting the receivers and hitting the quarterbacks for the line in that case uh, and how they're doing and how they're targeting because, you know, of how we were all taught. It's the way I was taught. I was taught lead with my, not my, my faith, not my helmet down. No, no, nobody was ever taught don't see what you hit. You were always taught see what you hit. But you were taught to lead and hit right, you know, right above your eyes there. Drive that into the into the the person with the ball, the back, the receiver, wrap up, drive through them and plant them in the ground, you know, like the ground's not there. That's how we were all taught to tackle. And obviously it went the way of then lowering your head even more, which is unbelievably dangerous. So I do think one of the hardest transitions a few years ago was when all that changed. Now to keep your head out of it. Now we go to more rugby tackling, which I, I understand because rugby is about as tough a sport as you can play, and they don't have helmets, and they're hitting full go on people, and they don't use their heads. So it absolutely can be done. But playing it, what those guys grow up learning to play that way in rugby. In the NFL, guys grew up learning to lead with the, their, their head right above their eyes and drive through a guy hitting with their helmet. And now you don't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. Now it's got to be more of a shoulder tackle for safety. One more quick one for me, and then we have to take a break. This is the You Like That? Actually, No, I Don't award. And this is the awkward video that we saw on the sideline yesterday between Kirk Cousins, oh, yeah. the Vikings quarterback, and head coach Mike Zimmer <laughs> after the Vikings won the game. I think we're going to be playing it here in a second, but it is an odd interaction. Now, that's one angle of it where he gets there and he says, you like that, and Mike Zimmer's like, no, I don't. Get out of my face. And and uh, the other angle that's going around, you can see that Zimmer actually gets restrained from behind. Uh, my buddy Paul Allen, who calls the Vikings games and has a weekday show on KFAN, says, you know, it was just a couple of guys excited. I've never seen a head coach so excited that he had to be restrained from going after his quarterback, but... Uh, Zimmer, not a guy to mess with, even at 65. He got up and he got, Cousins got up in his face. And uh, again, it was a, kind of a strange moment. Vikings happy to get to two and three, but they know they should have lost that one. And if they had fallen to one and four, I'm not saying oh, Mike Zimmer yeah. would have been fired today, but it would have been exhibit A in the eventual presentation made to ownership at the end of the season as to whether or not the coach should stick around. Yeah, that was one of those uh, uh, celebrations where it got a little too physical for one and maybe didn't appreciate it so much because I wasn't sure what was going on there. Was it an actual confront confrontation or was it an actual excitement, you know, by Cousins and then Zimmer just, you know, kind of didn't dig the forearm to the chest? That, that was kind of a weird way to, uh, to, to celebrate your win. 
And, uh, hey, they'll take any celebration they can get at this point yeah. because when you peek ahead on the Vikings schedule, ooh, they got some tough games coming up. And uh, they're going to have to do a hell of a lot more than they did on Sunday against a winless Lions team if they want to keep winning games. Let's take a break. Some important injury updates when this Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. New York Giants had a very rough day on Sunday at Dallas. They lost the game to fall to 1-4 and four on the season, and they lost several key players. We'll start with Daniel Jones. He suffered a concussion trying to get the ball into the goal line uh, against Dallas. Helmet-to-helmet hit. He was visibly wobbly and woozy after he takes this hit. Here it is trying to get there. He lowered his head. He took the helmet-to-helmet shot, and he was not mm-hmm. doing well after that in the concussion protocol. And uh, obviously, as we now know, won't be able to play until he's cleared by team doctors and by an independent neurologist. Mike Glennon came in and played after Jones exited. They got the Rams coming to town this weekend, so uh, they need Daniel Jones if they can get him back. Saquon Barkley has an ankle injury. Low ankle sprain, reportedly x-rays were negative. Devontae Booker's the guy if Barkley can't play, but uh, he's likely to miss this game coming up against the Rams. And, you know, Barkley, it's running back position, Mike. It happens. Guys get injured all the time. It's a it's a rough and physical position, and this was just kind of a fluke thing, but it happens. Oh. And uh, second overall pick in 2018, and injuries have kept him from fully – realizing his potential but what a fluke goofy thing that was i mean the the pass was was an overthrow the 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 play was ending saquon barkley was just kind of slowing down looking at where the ball had traveled to instead of into his hands and just steps on an opposing player's ankle and rolls his own ankle this is one i think i can honestly say every weekend warrior is done right Luckily, again, this is a low ankle sprain, which is much different than a high ankle sprain that can cost you weeks. And they showed a picture of this uh, on the sideline, and and it all that low ankle one looks bad. That ball on the side of your ankle blows up quickly; it swells quickly. But it also, I think, is going to go down quickly. They'll compress it the way the the 
he gets treatment way better than the weekend warrior gets treatment on how he's going to deal with that. So I think the swelling is going to come out of that pretty quickly like it normally does. And when you roll your ankle, we've all rolled our ankle. Unfortunately, he's a running back who puts a lot of torque on it and, and obviously needs that uh, to be able to do it. But I, I don't expect this to be too long of an injury a, at all. I certainly would worry way more about Daniel Jones and just – just from a health standard of, of when he got up and started walking and was, you know, stumbling, looked like that boxer that took too many punches. That's a, that's a scary sight. That's a, that's a reality check for players out on that field knowing what could happen on a play where all of a sudden you have no idea where you are and someone's got to come grab you before you fall down. Giants also lost receiver Kenny Galladay to a knee injury, hyperextended it, tried to keep going, couldn't, and uh, he's having an MRI today. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, and this actually happened to Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa as well of the Browns. Two guys on the same day taken to the hospital after a game with a throat contusion for further examination. My understanding is Burrow's fine, but, you know, anytime you have swelling on the apparatus that allows air to get to your lungs that is cause for concern it's amazing it doesn't happen more often it's a sensitive part of the body that isn't fully protected in an nfl uniform but burrow got poked in the throat at some point during the game not quite sure when it wasn't when he had that moment where he banged his head on the ground and it looked like he was potentially going to be out with the concussion but it happened he was having some trouble speaking after the game so they got him checked out and he should be fine and the last one mike uh Juju Smith-Schuster's on injured reserve, and reportedly the Steelers fear it is a season-ender for the veteran receiver who signed that one-year deal to come back to Pittsburgh when he didn't get the kind of offers he thought would be out there. It may be another one-year deal if he doesn't play again this season and reestablish himself in 2022 with Pittsburgh if he truly doesn't play again in 2021. Yeah, listen, it's going to be tough in a division where we'll see what Baltimore does tonight, you know, if they can keep just that one loss on their on their uh, record. And Pittsburgh got, got a nice win yesterday, uh, obviously with a couple touchdowns by Ben. So while I don't think they're going to be in this at the end, they certainly don't feel that, that same way. They feel they, they can and will be in this. And, you know, to lose one of your weapons is certainly going to hurt, no doubt about it. All right, we got to take a break. When we return, Sunday Statement Draft for Week 5. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, we moved through that quickly. The definition of a team win, it was definition of what we talk about dog mentality because the offense, it wasn't going good, right, for the offense. For a long time of that game, it wasn't going good. But when they needed to make plays at the end and it was still tight, they made the plays that we needed to make there. So I'm really happy for the guys. Every guy in there should be really happy for themselves. Um, again, it's just a great team win. I'm excited right now. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you got to take joy in, uh, you know, in the moment. So, um, you know, it's... All I can think about is that last kick right now. It's uh, you know, it's uh, you see the the faces of your teammates and uh, you know what those guys put on the line to continue to get in that position. Uh, I just want to come through for them. So. Um, it was not without its challenges, but that's what we expect on this Sunday uh, level of football. Um, but we needed this one today. Obviously, it was a big one, and and the guys responded in a big way from start to finish. Man, I just like the way we came out of the locker room and just continued to fight and compliment one another. Um, the offense got started fast. We needed that. The defense supported the offense when we turned the ball over and got a stop and made them settle for a field goal. We needed that. We hadn't done that. The more I play, the more confident I get, of course. And, you know, uh, you know my teammates, uh, offense and defense, they, they help me keep that confidence and, um, you know, just, just, just keep myself going. 
Listening to Nick Sirianni off the top, I was transported to middle school when he says it wasn't going good, it wasn't going good. I could hear a teacher saying, Mr. Florio, it wasn't going well, and it's not going well for you <laughs> if you don't figure that out. Uh, Sunday's statement time for week five, Mike. Uh, you're up first. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with, you know, I, I've talked a lot about the, the rushing attack for Dallas and, and watching a guy like Zach Martin on the old line and the technique. I'm going to say thing, the same thing about two arms, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And I don't just mean watch them make completions. Watch where the ball goes. Watch the accuracy of the ball. I, I've seen these guys play forever, and I still sat there yesterday and was amazed, Mike, at where they put the ball. How when you when you hear about the terminology, throw your guy open, throw your receiver open. These guys are the epitome of it. Or give your guy a chance to run after the catch. These guys are the epitome of it, of where they put the ball. If it looks like it's behind a receiver, sometimes that's exactly where it's supposed to be because there's a defender front side. Their accuracy, and I don't just mean completion percentage, throw that out the window, forget it. We know it's really good. I just mean where they put the ball. And, again, this is because of rep after rep after rep that they work with their receivers. That is something that, that really kind of made me recognize it again yesterday. And I would tell everybody to watch that, to just appreciate where they put the ball for the receiver. For me, a very important statement was made on Sunday by Dak Prescott, 364 days after suffering the badly broken ankle against that same Giants team on that same field in Arlington. Back again, week five, just like last year, 302 passing yards, three touchdowns, got the 44-point explosion. And I know it was made easier by all the injuries the Giants suffered, but there's a certain balance in all of that, given what Dak went through last year in that game. But, but I, I feel like... You know, we've seen him play extremely well all year. I feel like this is the capper. This is the moment where he can finally put it behind him. I think psychologically, you have that game against the Giants. It's one year removed. You're perfectly fine. You're playing better than ever. I think it was a powerful statement for himself and for everyone else to say, this guy's one of the best in the league. He's only getting better. And somewhat quietly, the Cowboys are becoming one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, their, their balance is absolutely incredible, and you're so right about an injury like that and the, the psychology and the mental side when a doctor says you're physically ready to go, but mentally you have to jump that hurdle. My second uh, statement is, is my second and third. We'll get to the third, but the second is going to be a young guy as well as the third, Najee Harris, and what we're going to see from him. He finally got his first 100-yard rushing game, 23 carries, 122 yards, and a touchdown. We know he can catch the ball out of the backfield, had 14 the other the other week that's 28 for the year but you need a running back to be able to be that double threat and that means running the ball and catching out of the backfield he had been the passing threat before the running threat this is the first of what I think is going to be many loved watching him in Alabama I think of many 100 yard rushing games in the NFL he finally got number one under his belt I want to go back to where we started because I think we do need to give appropriate appreciation to Josh Allen for what he did last night. He he slayed the dragon that had been holding back his career, and he got the upper hand over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with that great performance last night. 315 passing yards, three touchdowns, plus 59 rushing yards and a touchdown. Led his team in rushing, had the hurdle, had the presence of mind to know when to slide and when to give the team the boost and when to give him the lift and the way he can throw the football and the way that he can just 
He just flicks the wrist, and it's 70 yards down the field. An incredible physical specimen, one of the best quarterbacks right now in the NFL. There's a lot of great quarterbacks right now in the NFL, Mike, and Josh Allen is is. up there among the best of the best. I think, yeah, what, what's cool is a lot of great young ones with great old ones as well. Last one for me is, again, Let me do along this. the hang young on. line. We're at, we're, we're, hang on. Time out. We're almost out of time. Okay. I should have I thrown to break. So I'm going to throw to break. We'll do our third round pick okay. when PFT Live continues. Otherwise, we get fired for running out the clock without getting all our commercials in. We'll be right back with more PFT Live. He says, McDermott does, his team is very businesslike right now. They didn't want the radio on. He offered them the radio. They didn't want it. They are eating eating sandwiches, although a couple have complained to me that there's too much peanut butter on the sandwiches. It's like 70-30 with the jelly, so they're not enjoying those as much. Mike Tarico, I want to know what the proper ratio is on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Back to you. (laughs) I have a nut allergy. So I'm the one here who's not the expert. I'll turn to you guys. Proper balance there, guys? To me, the real question is, is it grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Does that matter? Yeah. And then how are we cutting it? Are we cutting it, you know, square or rectangular? And white bread or whole wheat? Triangle. Right. Exactly. I I don't know. 70-30 to me sounds like a lot of jelly. I like like a good amount of peanut butter and just enough jelly to to get the you get too much jelly it starts soaking through the bread i'm not big into heavy jelly on i don't want 50 50 i don't want anything close to 50 50 on mine mike wow i mean uh, uh, drew and and tony were really overthinking it with the cutting and the bread i don't care about the bread give me at least 60 40 peanut butter and, and grape jelly and i'm like a kidney candy store i'm fine Okay, creamy or chunky peanut butter? That's another creamy, important consideration. Creamy, yeah, creamy, me too. Creamy, creamy, me creamy. Me too. Yeah, you never because you never know exactly what that thing is that is crunching. You know, it's like did a bug get in here that I don't know about? With creamy, you, you know, you know, with certainty. Seriously, that's that what safe. you think about? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, you don't know me very well. All right, third round pick, Sunday statement draft. Mike, you're up. I'm going again with a youngster with an older quarterback finishing his career in Matt Ryan and the young guy in tight end Kyle Pitts. Just as Najee Harris got his first 100-yard rushing game, Kyle Pitts got his first 100-yard receiving game, one I think of many. So in both those situations, as the older quarterbacks are finishing up, these two younger players are really just starting their careers, getting their first 100-yard games of many more. You're going to see Kyle Pitts is an incredible athlete who I think has a great future. So much hype and anticipation for Pitts. It was almost a crippling amount, and it took him a while to get going, but, man, he got it going yesterday. 119 receiving yards on nine catches with a touchdown, and you feel like that's the moment where it breaks, and it's going to be like that week in and week out, far more often than not for Kyle Pitts. Last one for me is a guy that we've, we've, I think, kind of take for granted now, Derrick Henry who just shows up and kicks ass every week. 130 yards and three touchdowns yesterday. And I saw a graphic Saturday night on the Alabama-Texas A&M game. There was once a time in Alabama where Derrick Henry had 46 touches in a game, and that was one of the knocks on Henry coming out of Alabama. Nick Saban chews up and spits out running backs. And for all the wear and tear that Derrick Henry took at Alabama and all the wear and tear he's taken at the NFL level, Mike, he is still getting it done. It is unbelievable. Fearful, fearful when he goes through to the second and third level and hasn't been touched yet what he's going to do to people. 
All right, the two hours have flown by for us. Hopefully it has flown by for you. Either way, we'll see you at 5 o'clock Eastern today for PFTPM. Tomorrow morning, PFT Live. Have a great day. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.